Hello, you are watching the Les Novelles straight video series on the theology of the body. We are discussing audience 21 in this video. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Hossotter. And I'm Guillermo Moreno. So in this video, we are first going to fulfill a promise made in the previous video on audience 20, and that is the meaning of archetype. So in audience 20, John Paul II called knowledge an archetype. Now, archetype is a term from Jungian psychoanalysis. Carl Jung, the founder of Jungian psychoanalysis. He was a founder of modern psychology. And we have two quotes here that we will read. So let's see here. The first one, quote, so let's see here. Archetype is, quote, a priori forms of various functions of the soul, perception of relations, creative imagination. The forms are filled with content by materials of experience. They are not inert, but are charged with feeling and tendency, end quote. And keep in mind that a priori means not dependent upon experience. So this is something that is prior to experience that is filled out by experience. And there's a second definition of archetype that's a little bit more peculiar. So we'll read this quote. Archetypes are ancient images and motifs that form the content of the collective unconscious common to all human beings. They present symbols that in all times and among all peoples bring to life by way of images what is decisive for humanity with respect to ideas, representations, and instincts, end quote. Now, these are two definitions that JP2 himself gives us, and they are related but distinct meanings. So the first, we have these kind of forms of various faculties of the soul that are filled with content by experience. And the second definition you have here as something that belongs to the collective unconscious. So Jung is a little bit weird with this because he believed that there was a universal unconsciousness that all human beings shared. And this is a bit of a problem when we talk about metaphysics, because once we try to describe this collective unconscious or uncon yeah, unconsciousness, usually when I see people talk about it, they usually end up in some form of pantheism because you have to talk about God and you have to talk about man. And when you start talking about a collective unconsciousness that's shared by all, usually people who take Carl Jung in a more serious manner, they end up with some kind of pantheism. That's not what John Paul II is getting at. 
So if we keep in mind more so kind of the first definition as something that is kind of a form of these functions of the soul that um, we kind of fill out content in terms of um, our experiences, then that comes closer to what JP2 is getting at with knowledge as an archetype. There is this kind of element of unconsciousness at play here, since it is something kind of at the primordial root of all human beings. But there has to be limitations in how we take this terminology because of kind of the weirdness associated with Jung's views. And there are a lot of people who are not quite are not very discerning they just take Jung and they run with it and they go all sorts of weird directions do you have anything you want to add Guillermo I don't all right with that then we are going to leave Jung and move on with theology of the body so initial reflections on Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 if we recall from the previous audience, this verse is the first time man is described as knowing woman. And we have two conclusions of this knowing. One, woman is different from animalia because she is a person and subject. And two, we cannot separate this knowing from the consciousness of the body. And so when we interpret this knowing of Genesis 4, we cannot understand it as a passive knowledge of the body and sex. Now, keep in mind that the term sex here is referring to masculinity and femininity and not the conjugal act for JP2. So knowing here has to be interpreted as a further discovery of the meaning of the body. And it's a knowledge that is, this knowledge is going to be the basis for original innocence and or, or say, original solitude and original unity. And through this knowing in this knowledge, the first man confirms the meaning of the Eve, the, the name Eve, as the mother of all living, as we learn in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Did you have anything you'd like to add, Guillermo? I don't. All right. We'll continue on then. So this leads us now to the topic of motherhood and fatherhood. Man is the one who knows. Woman is the one who is known. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 reveals to us the, mis the mystery of femininity as being revealed in its full depth through motherhood. As we read, Eve conceived and gave birth. Now this in turn, the mystery of motherhood, as revealing the mystery of femininity, reveals the, masculine, the mystery of masculinity as paternal and generative. So, with motherhood, you have the concepts of conception and development of new life within. 
or I should say from within, right? Within the womb of women. And with fatherhood, you have the concepts of generative and paternal. In particular, we have the concept of image associated with fatherhood. Because in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, we learned that the sons of Adam inherit the image through father. So the sons are images of their fathers. And this, again, goes back to the concept of image in it, or that man is made an image and likeness of God. Now, we can draw the conclusion then that the transmission of life is a participation in divine work. And so when it comes to the differences of masculinity and femininity, there's of course the biological and physical level of differences, but motherhood also shows that there's a difference in constitution. And this difference of constitution is also the particular power of femininity. And this power serves conception and generation, the development of new life within the body of woman. And this is knowledge that conditions begetting. Did you have anything you'd like to add about this, Guillermo? Not just yet, no. Not just yet. Okay. So that means soon. Yes. All right. I can hear excitement in your voice there. Awesome. All right. So continuing on begetting. So the process of begetting entails reciprocal knowledge, the knowledge that the man has of the woman and that the woman has of the man. This begetting moves beyond the subject-object distinction of man and woman, it is the consummation of knowledge, the grasping of the reality, the objectivity of man and woman. Now, through the body, man and woman, they become husband and wife, and this is a new reality added on. And this becomes a type of knowledge founded in the gift, in the subjectivity of gift. It, and so this knowledge becomes a mutual realization of gift. Was it now you wanted to um, introduce a comment, Guillermo? I think, yeah, I think so. All right. So what I wanted to point out, yeah, and you just paraphrasing a little bit of what you said, a woman's consciousness of the meaning of the body. So I'm looking at paragraph six and what JP two does is that he, he doesn't juxtapose before lack of other words, he juxtaposes uh, man's words, uh, Adam's words when he sees Eve, that this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He juxtaposes that with what Eve says once she gives birth uh, for the first time. She says, I've, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And this demonstrates um, both 
the man and the woman's uh, consciousness of the meaning of the body. So they're both aware of what their role in God's plan is, and their creation is inherently a part of God's plan. Furthermore, again, in paragraph six, she realizes that well, they both realize, but in her words, we get, we get, we see her understanding that there, uh, that the mystery of creation is renewed in the generation of human beings, of ourselves. Yes, yes. Thank you for that, Guillermo. All right. Did you have anything else you'd like to add or ready to move on? Um, to paraphrase a little more of what I just said, <laughs> yeah, just to paraphrase just a wee bit more, um, woman and man are conscious of their participation in God's, uh, creative, um, in God's creation in yeah. the generation of, uh, human beings. Yeah, we could say that they are conscious of their participation in that mystery of creation. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so you'll have to excuse me because what I was doing is I was reading the Spanish translation. So I was looking at that and translating. Um, yeah, what the text says, but my notes in my Spanish translation they're in English, and yeah, I. Uh, if you're following in the English translation, of course, I would imagine everyone is, uh, who has a copy with them. Yeah, I was looking at the first paragraph of uh, paragraph six. All right, thank you for that, Guillermo. Hmm, procreation. I believe you talked a little bit about this just now. Let's see here. We have procreation. Now we connect the, this begetting with procreation. And procreation leads to, surprisingly, offspring. Now offspring then is a revelation of a new man, which as you said, Guillermo, you talked about how Eve used the words, I acquired a new man. And so this new man, and again, this new, in the new man, the husband and wife recognize their living image. So this knowledge then, in the biblical sense, inscribes this, a living and real content of a new man, right? In the biological sense, this knowledge is not strictly a passive thing, but now it enters a domain specific to persons through self-determination, self-consciousness. If we remember, self-determination is man's faculty of free will, his ability to freely 
decide and choose courses of actions. And man and woman then also gain a new consciousness of the meaning of their bodies bound to their becoming mother and father. And so motherhood and fatherhood are bounded to the meaning of the body as spousal and generative. Did you have anything you want to add here, Guillermo? No. All right. Moving on then. So now this leads us to the theological depth of begetting and procreation. The whole exterior constitution of woman is in structural union with motherhood. The body of the woman is at the place, it, it is the place of the conception of new man. It is where the new man is developed, gestated. And that this means then that the new man has somatic homogeneity. Now, somatic, for a call, is it re, it's a Greek word. It comes from the Greek word soma, referring to body. So it's bodily homogeneity. And the term homogeneity refers to the, quote, quality or state of being all the same or of all the same kind, end quote, as provided by the Oxford Dictionary. So somatic homogeneity is referring to the fact that the offspring of the first man and first woman have they're of the same kind of thing as them, namely human persons with the same human nature. That means the offspring have the, sa the same status of being made in the image, being made in the image and likeness of God. And this image and likeness of children has two consequences that JP2 discusses in footnote 34, that one, through procreation, man continues God's work, and two, man has a vocation and mission, a call to existence. Because procreation is this, you're literally making new existences through new men and women, through new children. And this ties back into the duties given to man in Genesis chapter 1 to be fruitful and multiply. So, and as you mentioned earlier, Guillermo, then this text of I acquired a man in Genesis 4 verse 1 points to the woman's full awareness of her participation in the mystery of creation and God's work. So then interestingly, we have this point that the first parents transmit to all of humanity, all historical experience about new man as being made in the image and likeness of God. And every new man, the same image of the first parents is reproduced every time. Did you have anything like that here, Guillermo? No. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't have anything to add here. 
All right, we'll continue on then. Concluding remarks, all right. So man in being made in the image and likeness of God is a principle of continuity between original innocence and original sin. And this image is also the basis of the unity of the unity, that one flesh union of man and woman. Knowledge, as defined as this act of originating being, is an acting in union with God to establish a new man in existence. So this is JP2's definition, essentially, that is given here. That knowledge is an act originating being, or you're acting with God to create a new man. And so in the conjugal act, man and woman, they will take the, this image and they will renew it and retransmit it in the life of their offspring. Did you have any final thoughts, Guillermo? I just wanted to highlight the principle of continuity, just what I mentioned uh, previously. And I want to say it was the previous, no, two episodes ago, um, where Christ refers to the beginning. Looking at the first bullet in this slide, that um, that us being made in the image and likeness of God, that doesn't stop after the fall. It's still who we are. It's still in our being. That's all. Yeah, that's that's a great place to end. Thank you, Guillermo. Yeah. All right. With that, we are going to conclude our video. So thank you for watching. If you have been enjoying our content please subscribe to our social media such as youtube and consider making a financial donation through either paypal or becoming a patreon supporter you can check us out on the link here for patreon your donations go towards our website maintaining it and to collecting resources for us to continue doing our work. On our website, we have many great articles and also a podcast. Um, Guillermo, can you give us some more information about the podcast? Yes. In our podcast, we talk about various other kinds of topics. And the uh, it, we do so through the lens of Catholic personalism, whether it's cultural issues, trends in politics, and so forth. Um, we we um, get together and address these different topics. Now, we use buzzsprout.com. That's where we upload our episodes, and you can download them from there as well. And you can also use buzzsprout.com to access our podcast through other platforms. We're in about 20 other platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. All right. And if you got lost with all of that, you can always go to <laughs> lenovellespreet.com slash subscribe, where we have 
all of our social media put on a single page for you to behold and be astonished at that there is so much social media out there today. I am certainly intimidated by it all. Um, with that, did you have anything else to add before we go? No, as always, um, I continue to ask our viewers and listeners for your prayers for our mission. Yes, please pray for us. And I guess with that, I'm going to say goodbye. God bless everyone.